I am live from the mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Starter days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. Spend our evenings at Hollow Spirits. Now, I'm going to spend this entire weekend with New Mexico's vodka all the way up here in Colorado. Tell her vodka. Fuck. What, uh, what kind of roadies, fans? Fred? What kind of roadies did you bring? Did you bring like a fifth of New Mexico's vodka, Teller Vodka? Did you bring some watermelon walk-off? What went with you? Uh, not some. I bought I brought all. Oh, the old one of each, all. huh? It's <laughs> nice. <laughs> he bought it all. Yeah. I don't... Have I ever bought a watermelon walk-off? You personally paid for one. No, he makes me buy them at the park for him. Ah, yeah, nice. <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't That's such a lie. <laughs> I'm trying, Unless I it was because you're drinking a crappy beer. Have I bought a watermelon walk-off? I feel like... No, but you like, drank plenty of mine. Oh, I've drank a bunch of them. That's no doubt. What Loy- are, loyal what? listeners, friends of the show, that is spoken word director Jared Hart. Yeah. Also yeah. Uh, putting out fires back there in the studio, making sure that we sound good Sounding, for you out there. Everything's perfect on my end. I'm assuming it's perfect on your end. And the only thing that's not perfect right now is uh, managing in the AL East because literally the worst team in the East is 500. It's the best division in the history of Major League Baseball, and your Astros wouldn't even have 30 wins in it. Uh, I think the Astros would have the exact amount of wins as the Yankees if they're playing in the AL East, but that's fine. That's another conversation. It's a gauntlet. They're not getting fat on the AL East. The Yankees are not. I expected... Baltimore to be the worst team in the American League that's not the Oakland Athletics. Okay. And here they are winning nine in a row, playing five hundred baseball in the AL East. Who are these guys? And seventeen and a half back. Five hundred baseball and seventeen and a half back. The Baltimore Orioles sitting at five hundred would be in second place in the AL Central. They would be in third place in the AL West. They would be in third place in the NL East. They'd be third place in the Central. And they would be fourth place in the NL West. But they are in the doldrums of the AL East. Sorry, Baltimore. And, like, they can keep climbing, right? They can keep going up, and they can keep kind of striving to get there. But where are they ever going to get? No, I don't. They're not going to get past (laughs) Toronto. No, I think this is like their World Series right now. They won yeah. nine straight. They got up to 500. They got a couple young guys playing really well. Take a picture. It'll last longer. That's literally how I feel about it. Yeah. From friend of the show, Craig, wait till they play Boston. Here's the thing about Boston. Boston is good, not great. Like, they're, they're a very St. Louis Cardinals team to me. Like, you're right there. I get it. You're six, seven, eight over. I get it. Hey, come come to the year. You're going to have 90, 91, 92 wins. Like, that's that's what Boston is. The problem with having 90, 91, 92 wins, the Yankees are going to have 128. I'm not joking. They're going to have 128. They're on pace for 120 wins. That's crazy. That is insane. The other day, Aaron Judge is like, um, you know, I don't super care about the Barry Bonds record. Like, that's not a thing to me. The thing that is a thing to me, though, is Roger Maris. Roger Maris, yeah. And if we're and if we're in at the end of the mix, and like we whatever we got the division locked up, we know we know we're, we got the pennant. We're gonna play the lowly Red Sox and after the wild card, like that kind of thing. Because division doesn't matter to this team. This is a World Series team. The only thing that will matter to this team is a World Series team until Aaron Judge comes out and says, actually, 
Indip- individual records matter, and I'm, I'm going to go get one. And I'll, I'm about that life. Oh, if he, ba- if he breaks Roger Maris's record, he is the first drug-free home run king. Give me that one again. That's a Roger big Maris deal. Roger Maris was on the juice? No. Everyone above Roger Maris is on the juice. Sammy Sosa three times, Mark McGuire yeah. twice, yeah. and Barry Bonds. That's the only people ahead of Babe Ruth and Roger Maris. And at this pace, it's going to be Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge should fall somewhere in between 55 and 65 home runs this year if he stays healthy. Do you want to have that conversation right now, then? Is Aaron Judge on the juice? God, no. You don't think at all? If Aaron Judge was on the juice, he'd have 70 homers already. The The way technology is now, right? The way The way that that kind of exists, there may be like a new juice that we don't even know about, like super juice. I mean, like you're, too... you're not wrong. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. What was the Balco guy? Victor Conti? Yeah, Victor yeah. Conti. Victor Conti said in public that the only reason that these guys get busted for steroids is because they don't take the right regimen. They don't take the correct Yeah, they uh, get lazy. Clean up to cover it up. So who knows? You could be right. Maybe this is a whole new generation of performance-enhancing drugs. I would like to be a positive, glass-half-full kind of guy and say Aaron Judge is a good guy, Aaron Judge is doing it the right way, and he is going to be the first non-steroidal home run king by the end of this year. From the live chat, the Yanks will choke in the ALCS against the Astros as usual. I'm going to tell you this. If they do, you blow the whole thing up. Because the money they got out there, the talent they got out there, you just you also have to have winners. And for the Yankees to not win World Series, that makes the Yankees losers. Like they can't just win DSs and CSs and be in the mix. They got to win them all. And yeah. If, and if the if the Astros call their number again, Van, not good, not healthy. Well, I mean, my Astros will probably win the American League again, and then lose to some team from the National League East again. Probably the Mets' turn. Lost to the Nationals in the World Series. Lost to the Braves in the World Series. Welcome. You're welcome, New York Mets of the National League East. Astros killers. Congratulations on your World Series win over the Astros this year. You know what's crazy about the Mets, too, is... Because when the Yankees are good, there's like a high level of expectation for that, right? There's The Yankees are always there, 26 world championships, whatever, counting all those years where there was only six teams and war. But I get it. Like, they're supposed to be there. When the Mets are there, that city is different. When the Mets are there, it's like that's like a hood baseball city all of a sudden. Yeah, because the Mets, like, compared to the Yankees, they're the lovable losers. Yeah. They're like – the the anti fans choice they like them because of their colors. They're not the Yankees. They like only because they're not the because they're not the Yankees, right? <laughs> the lovable losers kind of vibe. But I'll tell you what: the, if the Mets get into the playoffs, they're as dangerous as any team in baseball because they have two of the top five pitchers in baseball on their team. Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, you got to face those guys four times in a seven-game series. That is scary. That makes them as good as anyone in the playoffs. A little bit deeper than that, too, is is how if the Mets get there, 
Like, they've got their pulling away from the Braves and pulling away from the Phillies. And the Phillies, not as much as the Braves, obviously. But to say at the end of a season, like, however they enter po- the postseason, they got past some teams that can really go. And if you look at the rest of the NL, that's not going to end up being true. Like, the Dodgers are obviously going to sit comfortably for where they are, and the Padres are going to sit comfortably with them, and there's going to be no heat. And at this pace, you only need one team from the NL Central because there's just oh. it's not worth pulling two teams from the NL Central. And, I, hey, I do recognize the Cardinals only have two less wins than, like, the Padres and the Dodgers, but it's against losers. You're like, right. the Pirates and the Cubs and the Reds are not the heat that – and this is going to – I mean, Rockies and Diamondbacks, obviously they're not – I mean – it's tough right now for those two squads, but but the, the Cardinals and the Brewers are only getting fat off crappy competition, and the Dodgers and the Padres and the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies, I mean, there's there's your National League. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, and what I said at the beginning of the year, I think it's going to reign true. At the NL Central, Milwaukee is going to lead the division all year, and then the last two weeks, your Cardinals are going to go on a heater like always sneak into the playoffs like the cardinal way and then lose to the Dodgers. A little bit of St. Andrews talk when we get back cuz it's bigger than that. You taking Tiger, you taking the field. Hey, forget the field, you taking live guys. We'll give you all of the breakdown of St. Andrews and opens are different now, right? They got different energy. Yeah. They deserve attention that they didn't deserve before. And right right now golf fans like, I always watch the open. I make sure I, I, I get a vasectomy right before. I can find the time. No. Like, they didn't matter till now. Now they matter. Now there's good guys and bad guys. Two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back at it on the program. Talking a little bit of America's pastime golf. No 200 calls. years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the whole Hey, Plymouth Rock Pilgrims. Just need new courses, bro. That's the whole thing. <laughs> they were like, they were like, well, we're not really, a, we're not really a hockey one. We don't need to go much north now, do we? No, no. Got some courses down here. What's yeah. up? If if What's there's if there's golf courses, yeah, every five miles in the desert, golf's kind of important. <sighs> yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. If they're just gonna, I, if they're just gonna laugh in the face of God, and just build golf courses in the middle of the desert, you know it's pretty popular. Yeah, I agree. If you're like, um, so I think what we'll do is we'll put up a dam. I don't know. We'll make an excuse, Hoover, <laughs> and then we'll take all the water behind that dam and put it into golf courses in the middle of the desert. Also, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, and the audacity of these men. Yes. 100% over. The audacity of Phoenix, the audacity of golf courses in the desert, the audacity of not damming rivers in this part of the world. So stupid. Boggles my mind. So dumb. As much as we can't get that, that's how much Tiger Woods can't get that professional golfers would give up on playing in championships. What? Hey, first off, before we delve into this topic, yeah, let's just say the tournament is called the Open. Mm-hmm. That means anyone can qualify. Correct. It doesn't matter if you're a Saudi sympathizer. 
you're a recent multi-millionaire Saudi sympathizer, you still have a shot to play in the Open. It's in the name. Good work if you can get it, by the way. Yeah. The I'm going so back and forth on this. My my obvious opinion is go get money. Like I'm pro labor, go get money. Like there's like I'm millennial. Like I switch jobs every five years. Like I recognize you don't just go around and get an eight percent pay raises. You know sometimes you get fives. And the thing to me is if you're gonna go out and get it, get it, and then don't turn back. If you're Bryson DeChambeau and today you lose your tire sponsor, cool, because you're getting all that money just to show up. $120 million. Who cares about Han Cook tire? I think it was Bridgestone, but yes. (laughs) I just like saying Han Cook. Hey, because, like, there's a bunch of dudes right now that know they'll never win again. And Tiger's like, how do I can't believe these uh, live golfers will give up on the championships? Yes, you you can't, Tiger, because you just went and won them all the time. There's dudes that are just past their peak right now that are that are in a situation where it's like, well, I know I'll make a couple paychecks here and there, and you know I'll make ten, I'll make twenty grand, that'll be great. But oh, two hundred, two hundred million dollars, no matter what I do, just to show up. Please, thank you, and goodbye to everyone else who tries to talk to me. Changing my number. It, in Tiger's defense, he's wrong. But in his defense, it wasn't the the live players, the f- 54 players, who decided that they didn't want to play in PGA majors. It was the PGA that kicked them out and blacklisted them. Yeah. It has nothing to do with these players. They signed up for a new tour because they're getting insane amounts of money. They weren't like, oh, God, I got to make this decision. The decision was easy. Way more money. And then after the fact... The PGA rips the carpet from underneath them and says they can't play in the PGA anymore. They can't play in the majors anymore unless the word open is in the title. And also, like, all the money paid to all the live golfers right now would would be nothing in comparison to what live would pay Tiger alone. Yes. If Tiger jumped ship, they would just hand him a blank check. He said, would you like to be the president of Saudi Arabia tomorrow? Right. You're welcome. What was that story that other day with John Elway where in 98 he wins the Super Bowl and he's got a roster bonus coming of like not that much, like $30 million or something. And the Broncos are like, hey, we'll actually give you 10%. And then if you want, you can buy another 20% for, you know, another $10 million. These are close numbers and they're not perfect. And he ends up missing out on like a billion bucks because he would have owned like 25% of the team or something. It's like, Tiger, you're going to miss out on all the bucks. But he's not really, because he's still going to get bucks on his end. But he's not going to get, like, world money. Like, if Tiger's like, like, uh, excuse me, Liv is like, hey, we'll give you a ton of money. He's like, actually, I'm going to need one F ton of money. And then they would say yes. He's like, what's bigger than a billion? <laughs> Will you give me a gazillion? And Saudi Arabia is like... Tiger, look, we will give you all the pills you want. We will build Perkins in every city. Right. We'll stock them full of hot Saudi waitresses. You can work in HR. Go crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll just give you a backpack full of NDAs everywhere you go. Welcome to the Live Tour. 
Well, and, hey, you know what else it is too? Because like Tiger, aside from weird adulterous affairs and like that life, like his life is golf. Like he lives sure. golf. He loves golf. He he laughs golf. He's he's all those things that are golf. And all these dudes like outside of Phil, you know, like all these dudes are like, uh, yeah, I'm getting paid more, and I don't have to play as much golf, and I can like I don't know have other hobbies. And Tiger's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You only get one hobby, and that is golf and, and like, I, uh, moons over my hammy. Like, uh, Bryson, what, you weren't a trained robot by your father? This isn't <laughs> all you know? What, you, you like to go to the casino? You like to go to friggin' Grateful Dead concerts? I don't know. I'm just drawing stuff out of the air. Tiger, all he does is bang waitresses and golf. And look, in his defense, not a bad life. Right. I've heard of way worse lives. I love golf. I I prefer adult consensual coitus. I really I enjoy it greatly. I'm not mad at the guy. No, you can't be mad at anyone. Sure. This is this is a um very much a loss in translation thing, because Tiger when he li- he says it he says it verbatim. I don't understand. Here I'm going to give you the quote. Quote. Just don't understand how live players could give up playing in major championships. Because here's the thing, Tiger. These guys don't win them like you do. They don't care. They know they're not going to win them. Like, I talk to you all this time. Like, all the time, Van, I talk to you and the friends of the show. And I'm like, it's not about at all winning. For a professional athlete, it's only about money. And, like, friend of the show is like, that's not true. I win. It's, it's 100% true. Like, you're going to find one guy who can get money and win, and that's everyone's favorite. And then there's an entire league of other guys that can only get money. Look, you said it's 100% true. It's not 100% true, but it's like 97.5% true that all these guys want to do is go out and play a kid's game and make generational amounts of wealth. It's very rare that we see a Tom Brady taking pay cuts. All of those ridiculous NBA contracts that we've seen over the last couple weeks – there's James only one guy, one guy took a pay cut, James Harden, because he wants to win. He desperately wants to win for his own legacy. So he took a pay cut to surround himself with more talent. Dame Lillard just don't set a record. Winning. He don't, he don't want to win. He can, he, he, could, he can talk all he wants about wanting to bring a championship to Portland. It's the only organization he's ever known. He loves the city of Portland so much. Take less than the record NBA per year contract. He's getting $61 million a year to not be able to sign another player around him. He ain't going to do it by himself. He's tried for a decade. You think he's really tried? Well, He plays really hard. He's a great guy. He's a great leader. All of these superlatives of an elite-level athlete, he's that. There's but what size. he isn't is dumb, and he's going to take $61 million if you're going to give him $61 million. And it's the same thing with every single golfer on the Live Tour. Here's an interesting one from the Sports Animal Facebook page Messenger. So this is like multiple levels of getting I don't have that one open. I got it right in front of me. Thank Turn you. For the show, Steven. He says, if you're going to go with the whole, whole it's in the name thing, how about you explain the origin of Masters and who traditionally got to play there? Make it a good point. Uh-huh. Make it an excellent point. Yeah, and I mean, is that 
that's not for this talk radio show right now. But yes, yeah, I get it. It's bigger picture stuff. Like okay, yeah. the history of golf. Tiger Woods never plays. Okay, why are you attaching your name to this organization that fought against you playing in the organization historically? Historically, until right? you existed. And uh, enough talk about you know Saudi sympathizers. I get it. They're they have worse human rights violation than the United States. But let's not just whitewash or or white dimpled golf ball wash the history of this country. Come on. There's no blood on our hands. Like, come on. It's like, are there players in like the, I don't know, let's just pick the German tour perhaps that are like, oh, you're really going to go play in the United States. You know what they did? Like, come on. Come on. No one, no one's, no one's absolved. No one's free of sin here. We talked about this with the Dodgers strike yesterday, day before yesterday. We talked about this with how the people attending the games can't relate to the people working the games, and this is the same thing with Tiger and everyone else. Like, like I get it. They all play the same game. Tiger is playing his own game, and that's and so whenever he's going out and like making statements. They don't apply. They're just not applicable. And when Bryson DeChambeau loses Bridgestone as a sponsor, it doesn't – like no one cares where the money comes from as long as it comes in when you're at the very top of it. Because yeah. I tell you, there's another sponsor out there that will that'll get them in a moment. In a moment. Dallas Cowboys just brought in Black Rifle Coffee like two minutes after the Evolde shooting. Like, like companies don't care. And no, companies, companies don't care. They're still going to give them money. And these golfers, you could only see this on the live stream right now, but I'm wiping my tears with giant piles of money right now. They don't care. They don't care about the history of the PGA Tour. They don't care about Jack Nicholson's majors record. They want that $200 million, son. I'll tell you what Tiger's really freaking out about. We're going to have a real moment of honesty. You're not going to take the PGA field. You're going to take the live field. That's the problem here. Eventually. Not yeah. yet, but eventually. Oh, uh, Johnson can win this thing. Of course. No, there's a handful yeah. of guys. I would bet current PGA over live tour guys this tournament. A year from now, probably not. Also, St. Andrews is a scab course. It's not what people make it out to be. It's simple and it's boring, and I get that it has gusty winds, and that's what makes it exciting. But the rest of it, all of these dudes can go way under. Every single dude out there. Oh, the course is so difficult. You're very wrong. No, no. Oh, the way they lay out the course? No. Oh, they make it so difficult. It, it's Tanawan. No one cares. You are a fool. Two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Join us in the live chat. We're streaming on the Facebook page. If you're at your office, working out that last 15 minutes of the day. Hey, and by the way, everyone who's here, all the friends of the show, and we got, I mean... It's to a point now where the fellowship of the friends of the show, by the way, write that down. I'm going to start saying that more. The fellowship of the friends of the show, unreal. Unfreaking real. Unmatched. The amount of appreciation I have for the friends of the show, I don't communicate that enough. It's, it's almost like after, like, whatever, every break, or every, I'm going to be like, hey, thank you for being here with us. Like, we, there's, a, like, there's a lot of places you can be. There's a million forms of content. There's a million forms of entertainment. And to 
by choice, like seek this product out. Oh my gosh. Means the world to me. Means literally the world to me. Thank you for being a friend. And even when of the Jerry's show. here? Yeah, because <laughs> you know how Jerry ruins the whole thing. But like people I don't try. even care. <laughs> <laughs> and they still show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like whenever we used to watch The Simpsons and it was like a Lisa episode. And you're like, oh, Lisa episode. That's what they do when Jerry's here. They're like, oh, a Jerry one. Don't! We want. We, uh, hey, we had a good program yesterday, uh, just kind of lambasting the bronze statues that were going downtown of Bert and Ernie. Was it Bert and Ernie Van? Is that who they were putting up? Valerie Bertinelli? Yeah, is that who it was? Yeah. So they're putting up these bronze statues downtown of the Breaking Bad guys. And we, what, we must have put 90 minutes into it. Right? We did multiple like, segments on <laughs> better statue ideas. Yeah. So anyway, so a lot of I'm, engagement. I go out last night to Duke City Cornhole to, you know, throw a couple bags. You know how I am. Sure. By the way, like, not a sponsor of the program, but friend of the show. Duke City Cornhole, it's like five bucks. You get to show up. You do a little singles thing. You show up with a team. I think teams are tonight, doubles tonight. It's like five bucks. It's right there off of uh, Industrial and what's the one that runs fourth? Industrial and fourth. I think it's 12th. Is it 12th? Is that what it is? I think it's 12th. 316 Industrial. I only know that because of Austin 316. Ah. So... So, anyways, you can show up. You get throw bags. They got like official scoring things. It's it's the jam over there. So, anyways, as I'm over there throwing bags last night, um, like all these like friends of the show are like, "Hey, what about this as a statue? Uh-huh. What about that?" I'm like, "Okay, like, how about you just let me get my butt whipped here by someone who's actually good at cornhole?" Dude, it's it is unfair how good some of those guys so are at cornhole. Stupid. They it's, do they graduate from Duke City Cornhole? There's like multiple professional cornhole players. Yeah. From Albuquerque, playing on friggin' ESPN now. The well, and here's the thing: it's like cornhole U, and for a long time, cornhole nice. U was a phrase I couldn't use on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> different connotation now. Uh, we were talking about those big players in the NBA. We were talking about Dame Lillard. We were talking about um, in, whoever's in Philadelphia. Like we're just running the rosters on guys. And Adam Silver is on the same page with you, Van, because Adam Silver came out and he was like, "What if?" Uh, and hear me out. What if we change, and hear me out, we changed it from 18 to 19. Let's go back to 18 as the minimum age requirement for the NBA. Because I think the NBA is seeing that fan bases want that next new exciting LeBron James at 18, Dwight Howard at 18. Who's the cat that was in the Lakers forever? Like, they want they want to find that that kid from the very beginning, instead of having to go and hang out in weird developmental leagues or play overseas or drop out of high school early or whatever. And I think this is a correction to a problem that the NBA created. Yeah, I think they uh, took it too easy on the NCAA for basically the history of the NBA. Like they used the NCAA as a breeding ground, as a testing ground for future NBA players. And with this, all this new name, image, likeness, they ain't leaving. Like the the writings on the wall for college athletics, they're going to be go- there four years. It's going to be pro in four years, five years, for sure in a decade. All these leagues—basketball, football, baseball—they're all just going to be feeder leagues for professionals. Because if what it takes to be an elite level athlete and play on the next stage, you got to dedicate twenty four hours a day every day. There's no room for chemistry. 
There's right. no room for English literature, whether you have to go or not, which most athletes don't have to show up to class. But yeah. with name, image, likeness, all you got to do now, instead of North Carolina getting that big sponsorship from Gatorade, now you have your expanded G League and all the 17, 18, 19-year-old kids who can't make an NBA roster. you got your own minor leagues now. That's well, the future. I, oh, it's absolutely the future. That I mean, a whatever this league is called, the Stay Out of College League, like a team is going in at the Rio Rancho Event Center. Like it's like that kind of thing. Like it's that's what spreads and grows the game for the NBA because right now you don't have to necessarily win. You don't have to necessarily be the best players in the country if your alumni is just super passionate about laundering their money through the university to you. Like because that's all. That's what's keeping guys out. You're gonna have dudes right now at Kentucky that would have came out after one year that won't come out until four years is up because they're getting millions of dollars a year. And I am pro labor again. This is the perfect move. And then lastly, if you're old enough to die for this country, man, you're old enough for me to ridicule you on this talk radio show. Yes. That's the professional athlete. Yeah. Let's go. I agree. We should move the drinking age down to 18. Getcha. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'll be, I'm will be. i the first one. Like, hey, when you're amateur, when you are high school or collegiate, I never say, forget that kid. No. Never. No. The second you go pro, the well, second high school you're a professional for me. athlete. Collegiate for That's, you, definitely high. Yeah. Oh, you you'll drop that on a college. I won't drop that on a college kid. Like uh, to me, uh, like moral stuff, moral behavior stuff, yeah. stuff. Play on the field? No. No, no, no. Yeah, they need more time. No, but professionally, per, like the second you get a check cut to you professionally, I don't care if you're football, basketball, baseball, any of the big four, so, soccer. Don't care. You're taking professional money to play professional sport. Now you're going to get professional criticism. Until then, hey, field day. I'll, I'll, I'll dap you up anywhere we go. I don't care, high school, college kid. We, and also you'll note, like friend of the show, we don't have a lot of those on the program. The opportunities are there. That's just not what this program is built for. This, this program is built to lambast professional athletes. Give me more of them and younger. Yeah, sports adjacent doesn't just mean stuff outside of the standings. Sports adjacent means we're just going to make fun of everyone that deserves it, i.e. Tiger Woods, i.e. Charlie Montoyo. We're already doing it this segment. <laughs> Bring it, son. If you're the top level, top echelon of your profession, I mean, there's paparazzi laws built in to the First Amendment where we could just lambast you. We can smash you, say whatever we want. As long as the alleged problems that we're addressing allegedly, are true. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yes. I just have to say allegedly, and allegedly, Fred Slow is the number one uh, knitting, quilting expert in the history of the world. Allegedly. Allegedly. He's, his, he's got arthritis in his knuckles from all the crocheting. Allegedly. Hey, also, is the NCAA going to come at Adam Silver somehow? Because the NCAA has got more pull than we ever talk about. And I'm like, right now, there's, like, I'm not, I'm not the guy who, like, like, calls for violence. But there's someone in the NCAA, like, if Silver makes this move, give me his address. Like, and what, and what are they going to do? Hide garlic in his coffin? Yeah, that's how you stop it. Yeah. <laughs> crack, his, crack his windows. <laughs> Let in natural sunlight into his home. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, a lot of these guys, because we're talking about this free agency thing again. A lot of these guys, by the time they hit free agency, you start at 18, 
then you come you're a free agent what 23 24 you're free agent you're not even you're not even in your prime like you're you're still learning and then if one of these dudes who's got four or five years in the league on a rookie deal if one of these dudes then gets signed by the Lakers or gets signed by the Celtics my boy Gallinari the other day goes to the Celtics and I think it's like the biggest move of the offseason that no one's talking about because I'm such a big fan but it's like if one of these dudes shows up at a team, you can't be like, oh, this is this is the immediate impact. This is the big one from free This is one is more like, this guy might be special in a couple of years. And I think that's a dynamic that the NBA doesn't currently have in their players that become available for free agency. Yeah, it's it's become such a huge money grab. Now look, free agency just opened in the NHL, and I got a fun little stat for you before we break here. Mm-hmm. The first 35 NHL Free agents sign for a combined $265 million. Good work. When I say it like that, it sounds like an insane amount of money, and no professional athlete or 35 professional athletes should make that much money when teachers are underserved and underpaid, healthcare workers aren't making money. But check this out. 35 NHL free agents, their total value is $265 million. That is one Nikola Jokic contract extension. Crazy. One player, one NBA player is worth 35 NHL free agents. Speaking of all that money, Dwayne Wade's worried about his, and we'll get to that at the top of the hour. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Five o'clock. I was waiting for everyone to get in their car and turn on the radio there, Van. That was the plan. Give him a couple more seconds. I hear a lot of car doors opening from here. That's a fun thing, right? Get out of your car first thing in the morning, whatever it is, 745, whatever it is. Listen to the opening drive. Go to work all day, do your thing. Be you. Code switch. Get back into the car. Same station. We're back. Come hang with the boys. Let's go. You know, Dwayne Wade bought the Utah Jazz. He got a big old chunk of it, doesn't he? Yeah, not a big chunk, but I mean, why? Uh, might... Why is he immediately getting rid of the shooting guard? This he's <laughs> hey, got these terrible jerseys, is what it is. I mean, I got hey, those aren't jerseys. that bad. No, they're very good. No, they're actually. not that bad. They're super hot. So Dwayne Wade goes to his very first game as an owner this week. Okay, so he's at like summer league basketball. So what? It, I mean, how many games did Dwayne Wade play in his NBA career? Thousands. Thousands. Now over a thousand. Thirteen-time All Star, three-time champ, kind of all those things you strive, chase for, and want to have as a player. But now as an owner, it changes, right? It's a whole other dynamic. Sure. And Dwayne Wade, who sat down, I guess yesterday. With the sportsrush.com, which I'm not familiar with. I don't frequent the sports rush. Hey, by the way, I don't know the sports rush either. And if I haven't heard of them, then Dwayne Wade's a good get for them. Yes. Congratulations, sportsrush.com. He sat down with an interview with them, and he says, Hey, I got like this fear that I'll lose the $170 million that I made from the NBA. And first of all, grossly underpaid. Let's just, uh, no reason to really tackle that, but. Uh, he Third. he was in the last generation before they started yep. making ridiculous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. They still made a lot. And he says, 
because there are so many examples around, right? Like for an NBA athlete, professional athlete. Because Dwayne Wade, he was one who was bigger than the game. You know, there were a handful of those guys that were bigger than being a player. Dwayne Wade run one of them. You know, he and Josh Sushan both used to date Gabrielle Union, whatever. That's a thing. That's cool. So, Eskimo bros. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he had, like, severe worry about it. Like, it was a, hey, I need to plan forward, and I'm going to get into ownership. I'm going to do those things. And to me, and here's the question, man, is it's a little weird because regardless of how much money you have, there's always the opportunity to lose said money. It's a little weird to me how professional athlete isn't necessarily – coached in a way to have that same mindset well i think ever since uh the 30 for 30 broke it kind of shined a lot of light on these major organizations and yeah all of their uh the younger players but you should kind of know already shout out to uh chris lurig of safe house and teller vodka calling me right now doesn't realize that it's not a commercial break no give me a few minutes buddy i'll call you back but $170 million, D-Wade, it's not exactly a key fob to a Camry. You don't just lose it. It's not like, oh, my God, I had like a stack of five rubber bands. Where could they be? I need one. Oh, no, I lost my rubber band. It's $170 million. What do you think's going to happen? Well, like, Did I he put you. it all on like Dogecoin? Like what? It, what did he do with this 170 million dollars? Is he gambling I mean, with Michael Jordan? Is he eating like Shaquille O'Neal? Like how are you going to lose all this money? Ask Andre Risen, right? Like I mean, that's what broke was about. And broke, by the way, we, you and I, like, if you're just listening to the program, you might think there's a connotation where, like, hey, yeah, this new thing has really brought light, or this is, but that documentary was 10 years ago, right? Like this is not a a new anything. This is a, this is like Roe v. Wade. This is established law. Like, it's crazy to me that only now, 10 years after this, like really big spotlight on it. Cause that's what this was specifically in like those circles that you now have like the guys that should be talking about it, talking about it because there's this culture and you know, you and I have been around professional athletes a lot. Sure. There is a hanger honor. And I don't just mean like the boys who need gas money and the guys that, that play with your leftovers. I'm talking about like weird investors. I'm talking about like weird money managers. I'm talking about weird managers. Yeah. There's all these people that will just suck you dry. Sure. And Dwayne Wade, who probably got a lot of advice from the Gabrielle Union camp, seems to have his stuff together and and now is I guess partially Mormon somehow. I don't really know how the Interesting. You could be partially Mormon? Well like what? The top half, bottom half? What he owns he owns part of the the jazz, I feel like that's what that is, right? Oh, he bought his way into Mormonhood. Yeah, the same way they bought the jazz from New Orleans. What is confusing here? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I'm not a smart man. It's, uh, we want that. We have all the money. We will go get it. Look, I get it. Like, Dwayne Wade comes from nothing. He knows what it's like to eat bread and butter sandwiches every day same he knows what it's like to have the lights off he comes from a world where he didn't have a dollar to his name his entire life until he was a professional basketball player and he amassed this fortune and now i think maybe it's the fear of losing it i mean rationally 
unless you do something insane, it's pretty tough to lose $170 million. People do it all the time. Ask Jamarcus Russell. But it can happen. But him being cognizant of the fact that he's scared to lose all of this wealth that he's accumulated throughout his career speaks volumes to the kind of head he has on his shoulders that he'll probably do whatever it takes not to lose it. I wasn't trying to bait you into Jamarcus Russell, but if you brought him up, I was ready. And that conversation is because now Jamarcus Russell is on like a social media tirade. He's doing podcast interviews. He's like coming out of the woodwork for some reason. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what it is. All that money is gone today. That money just ran out in 2022. I promise you. Because now he's, the Raiders didn't have my back, and they set me up for failure, and no one was there in the beginning. And bet, bet, Van, there's going to be some sort of litigation. There's going to be some sort of attack at the powers that be, be it the NFLPA or the sure. NFL, because only now, when was he drafted? Oh, five, question mark? Early 2000s. I don't remember exactly. But this is the day when his money ran out, because he was the last of the quarterbacks that got paid too much. Like, they've changed it in the NFL now. He and Sam Bradford, those were kind of like the last two. And and it's devastating to me that this is what seems to be the only option. Because you're either going to get the Jamarcus Russell full-on publicity, look, I everything sucked because they set me up to fail, this, that, tit-tat, or you're yeah. going to get the exact opposite, which is like shooting guards for the Cavaliers. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I will be signing books in the lobby. Please buy a book. Please. <laughs> I, I really need, I really need you guys to get the hardback. Don't get. There's also limited first editions. <laughs> Please buy that one first. That's. <laughs> I will personally autograph every single one to you. That's like. Professional wrestlers, right? That's kind of where I always go. That's kind of my milia. Professional wrestlers, we were talking about playing hard earlier, talking about making money. Professional wrestlers do not play hard. There are guys who mail it in every single night because they work 300 nights a year, mm. and they're in it just to get paychecks, and they're not doing what they did when they started the career to establish themselves. And I'm talking effort-wise, right? Sure. And then at the very end, when they know there's not going to be one more paycheck, because there's always been one paycheck. Mm -hmm. There's always been one more show. There's always been one more appearance. When you get to the very end, professional athlete, there's not another game. There's not another at bat. There's not another down. There's not another whatever. You have a freak out. You have a, I've identified as this thing all my life, and I don't know where the next opportunity comes from. And you end up at Casey Hall's signing autographs of top 50 list because your name might have been on it. And that is like a sickening career path. And these guys need a ton more guidance, and they need a ton more supervision. Because you can't, this is cliche, but you can't take a kid out of the hood if you don't take the hood out of the kid. And I don't mean that in a derogative manner. I mean, that's me. That's you. Sure. We wouldn't know what to do with $170 million. Not buy Dogecoin. Just what's it down forty percent? What's it down? It's down forty thousand dollars. All of it. It's down all of it. It's all yeah. gone. 
nuts to me, crazy to me. I don't like it. I'm not. I'm not about that life. Look, I, I've said for years that X amount of your contract should be put into trust, so you could have it at the end of your career, no matter what. Similar to child actors. You yes, exactly. You d- yeah. divert whatever you think it should be five percent, two percent, whatever. Put it into trust, so Dog. you'll have a safety net after you're done playing your sport or whatever. And then whatever that number is, you match it, and it goes to public service. It goes to a charity. It goes to teachers. It goes to some kind of conglomerate that helps a ton of people. Because while I know me and you, we all say that you should get whatever your market value is. But you have to be a really solid person to realize that, hey, I just got paid 265 million dollars there's a teacher out there making 36 who works way harder than me there's a nurse out there that makes 42 and she can't even pay her rent and pay off her student loans so i think a very small percentage of a giant nfl contract nba contract whatever it may be whether you cash out 17 million dollars in bitcoin there should be a small tax on it diverted to public servants and I will, I'll scream that from the mountaintop, and I will never stop saying that. I don't know if you're going to get that right kind of support, though. You and I talk about this a lot when we talk about the show, yeah. where an important aspect to us and the, this program is the community aspect. We like sure. being involved. We like making those efforts. Telling you what, doesn't matter to a lot of people. And I think I think that's the issue here, where if you do have a program set up by, I'm a, I'm just, whatever, your association, whatever your not the league, but your players' association. So whatever sport you're in, your players' association. So if your union is like, hey, we have these things, and uh, from your salary, we're going to give you the cost of living, the median cost of living for the city that you're currently in, plus whatever the play money is, and the rest of it goes into savings, and you're going to be set forever, there's going to be a guy whispering in an ear <laughs> that they meet at a restaurant in a part of a town they've never been to. Yes. And he says, hey, that might make you 7%. But I got this surefire 50 chicken restaurants going in in Texas yeah. that you'll make, you know, 100% return, which is not a real number. But when you don't know that's not a real number, that sounds like a real inviting number. D-Wade, you've been my boy for life. Yep. Aren't you going to invest in my chain of restaurants that only sell Little Debbie snack cakes? It's going to be a huge hit, brother. Yeah. You know how good the Girl Scouts do? Hear me out. Listen. Hear me out, man. Listen. This can't fail, brother. Yeah. Look at Linda. Look at. I agree completely. Jamarcus. Hey, Jamarcus. These Elvis commemorative plates, they're only going to skyrocket in value over the next 20 years. You should spend $18 million on them. Speaking of whitewashing, the Houston Texans are doing it, and we'll break that down for you whenever we get back. It's two men on live from multiple John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studios. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico, spend our evenings at Hollow Spirits. And exactly one hour and 45 minutes from now, I'm spending this specific evening with New Mexico's vodka, Teller Vodka. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. My favorite thing about, like, sports, I really like fits. Like, if your kit looks good, if your sweater looks good, something about the pinstripes, you know what I mean, Van? Sure. 
I got a uh, New Mexico United jersey on right now. There's the most fire kits in the USL, and that's not even close. Speaking of New Mexico United, yep. if you don't have anything to do tonight, make sure you get down to Hollow Spirits at 6.30 and or before as they are hosting a watch party. And you know, Fred, Ooh. me and you or one of us or one of us and a special guest always host the United watch parties when they're right. on the road. Right. But they started early tonight and we're not off air yet. So if you're going to Hollow Spirits tonight, I will see you. Once we're off air, and I'll come say hi, and I'll give you some cool giveaways. Oh, there you go. You can have it up on the big screen? Oh, you know it. Yeah, that's what's up. So the Texans, because, all right, so, by the way, rule change, NFL rule change, cool. So you could have, like, cool jerseys, but you couldn't change your helmet. That was, like, the NFL rule. Dumb. It was dumb. Party pooper. Super dumb. Just dumb. (laughs) So you can wear cool helmets now. You can kind of do the whole thing, and there's a whole bunch of them. We'll go through all of them. But the one that jumped out to me the most, the Texans are going with this, like, red, like, new helmet. And how long have the Texans been around? Since 2002? And they've only worn, like, that dark blue helmet that you're accustomed to. You know, the – yeah. And this, to me, is kind of like a we are – we're moving out of what we were. Like we're no longer don't don't wear your Deshaun Watson old blue jersey. Like we're a whole new thing here now. And I think I'm really about this life of being to like invigorate like different energy because now you can go all the way through. And and there's some other examples of this, but I think the Houston's one is very important because you gotta get like that stigma out away from the program. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, they they made such a long series of racist and sexist and bigotous moves over and over again, the whole history of their franchise, and it just hit the mountaintop with all this enabling of Deshaun Watson, getting him hotel rooms, getting him personal stacks of non-disclosure agreements, like – the Texans literally provided NDAs to a guy because they knew he had a creepy massage thing and then covered it up. And then once the news came to light, their head of PR, their head of marketing said, hey, we need to correct this culture. And they said, oh, wait, you're fired. Yeah. Shout out to Amy Palchik. Bet she's got a better job somewhere else now. Well, yeah, I mean, they have to do a long series of things to erase all the horrible things the owner and general manager said over these 20 years, and then everything they've done involving Deshaun Watson. They got a lot of makeup work to do, right? Going from, like, and it's going to sound cliche, but is there anything literally more polar opposite than red and blue? So, like, going, like, the contrast, and by the way, it's like chrome, like, like, think like Baylor, you know, think like Oregon, think like, like, it's like a very, like, unique, this is not in the NFL quite yet thing. It does have a, like a more shiny, it's Maryland, Oregon, yeah, like, college vibe. The, the helmets are fire. Red out, red out, red out. I'm, I'm not going to say that the helmets aren't fire. We know what you're doing, Texans. You're trying to distract from all these lawsuits that are about to come out. It's like, yeah, that's a fact. 
Hey, but I'm telling like I am about that idea that they've turned the corner though. Like I'm about the idea that like okay, this was this was bad. Like we recognize it was bad. Look at all these bad things. Right. Let's go in the right direction. Let's start to fix it. And cuz I'm going to give everyone a chance to do that outside of Deshaun Watson. And it's it's that I want them to. You know, I'm like I'm literally rooting for it. Cuz I want there to be like kids right now in Texas that don't have to be Cowboys fans. You know, I want them to be able to be like Oh, I'm you know I'm excited and proud to be a Texans fan. I was talking last night to a couple Browns fans, and every time they would say something of a positive nature, I'd be like, "But, but Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, two hundred forty million for a pervert, right?" And I'm over here like, you know, what allegedly, lot, yeah. Hey, go be a Ravens fan. They used to be Browns, like close. Th- yeah, this hey, works for me. The Bengals are right up the street. They have Joe Burrow. Oh God, that's the one. Yeah. He's a straight-up cool dude. All NFL teams can go with a second or alternate helmet this year. I really like this, man. Obviously, you're going to get some cool ones. The big wings are coming back for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's cool. Good. That'll be that uh, Forest Green, is that what it's called? But, um, but yeah, that's going to be a good look. The Falcons are going with the 98 Falcon look and a look. The Saints have like a multi-texture, multi-tone helmet coming out. That's going to be positive. Also, any team that wants to do it, give me a helmet that's got numbers on it, Alabama style. And I like the Packers. They're like going super minimalist. They're just like supposed to look like an old school football leather helmet. Yeah. It's like just a beat up brown color. There's There's another part to this, though, that the conversation has to be had where is this just an excuse to bump everything by 10 bucks? Because, like, you know, now yes. that it's Nike and now that it's Fanatics, yeah. you know, it's going to be – everything is going to be 10 20 30 bucks more. And also, like, I don't know if you found, but with Nike and with Fanatics and with some of the services out there, you don't get your thing. Your thing doesn't just come in two days anymore. Like, your thing takes forever, and it's 150 bucks, And then, like, maybe your stitching is right. Like, it's not like, to me, with NFL, the effort that went in with Reebok. You think they just like outsource it to China or India, right? And then so mail it I, from there? I know for a fact that Nike outsources because years ago when I lived in Montana, I worked at a print shop that made event tees for Nike. So like as soon as like the final four teams were named, we would like start printing immediately like the bracket shirts. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yes. And it would be and not just that, the uh, national championships or whatever. Right. And we would and we would be the um Hey, make a hundred thousand of these overnight. You know, like the entire print shop going. It's like, do you think the quality is there? Because it's not. This is not like a an effort to do good. And I believe because that formula has found so much success for Nike for so long that they're going to continue that. By the way, it looks different because it's fanatics now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's factories in China and India, whichever league contracts with whatever factory over there but they make the bulk of the jerseys over there and then they will mail them here and they will put the MLB logo on it in the United States and claim that it was made in the United States or assembled in the United States whatever legality whatever verbiage they want to slap on it did you know in 2013 because all right so you used to be able to switch helmets like um you could have alternative helmets up until 2013. And then the NFL was like, 
hey, you kind of have to wear the same helmet all the time because it's like fitted to your head and we put a lot of money into this and we're trying to protect you from CTE. And now they're like, doesn't matter, wear whatever helmet you pull off the shelf. Yeah. Like, lose, that lose. A- <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're going to look good doing it, but you're going to going to catch the CTE as- alongside that first down. I mean, you better like have some really cool helmets on the way out because there's not going to be helmets forever. People are just going to be getting bigger and faster and stronger, and those helmets are going to go from protection to weapon real fast if they haven't already. I've been saying that for some time that that's what's got to change because players now are so big, so fast, so strong, bigger, faster, stronger, and the only thing that has not changed enough in the rule book is the dimensions of the field. You got to give these players more space and more room. And if you're not willing to do that, then you have to cut back on the equipment that's being used. Exactly that. Because it's it's just not safe, man. Like, it's it's to me the worst thing I think that I've ever seen to have a like a like a tragic injury on the field to have like a like a tragic like a player's down or someone is hurt and then. And then have that moment, because you know I work in broadcasting, you know, to have that moment to where it's what do you do with the production. And as I'm watching like an NFL game and there's a guy stiff-armed, you know, yeah. and it's like, this is, I don't want to finish my salsa. Like, nah. This is a weird one. Um, ugh. Also, the Cincinnati Bengals are announcing a new helmet tomorrow, so get ready for that. going to be a lot of gear out there. They should be the number one selling gear in the game. They got that black and orange is, is fire. Take a break, fan. Let's do it. Whenever we get back, we're going to jump into this JT Real and Muto story. I think this one kind of missed all the headlines, but I think it's got a lot of legs under it. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. We made a big stink, man. Did we now? We did. What happened? So we made a big stink when uh, Red Sox went to Toronto and they're losing games because they got players that refused to vaccinate. Yes. story that keeps on giving it keeps on going and it's not gonna stop so playing for the phillies is a cat who's pretty good seems jt real muto you familiar one with of him? the best catchers in baseball pretty good catcher pretty good catcher here's the quote because the phillies are playing toronto quote not going to let canada tell me what i do with my body JT Real Muto is missing the series in Toronto. JT Real Muto and five other Phillies starters are going to miss the series. What? Sports influencer Van Nunley what? called this out before the season started, saying the best home field advantage in baseball isn't Yankee Stadium, isn't Wrigley Field, isn't Fenway Park. It's the Rogers Center in Toronto. Because a lot of anti-Americans are anti-vax, and a lot of anti-vax people will not be able to play in Toronto, giving Toronto a giant advantage. Why didn't JT Real Muto say, quote, I am going to let doctors and healthcare professionals tell me what to do with my body. Why didn't he say that, man? Yeah. So stupid. That's like a doctor saying, I'm not going to let a baseball catcher teach me how to throw a curveball. So, yeah, right? It's very stupid. 
Hey, what if Canada was like JT Real Muto? How about you don't take on three two right down the pipe to go sit down on the bench? And he's like, "Cool, I'll never strike out again." How about you get a JT Real Shato? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you saw it with the Red Sox series. Their their young stud leadoff outfielder couldn't enter the country. Their closer couldn't enter the country and play for their team. Guess what? They probably would have scored an extra run each game if that kid was playing, and they wouldn't have blew the lead in the ninth if they had their stud closer playing. How is that not going to divide a locker room? Also, like to put it on Canada like this, it's like JT Real Muto is not a Canadian citizen. So like if Canada's like, hey, if you're not a citizen, you have to have a vaccine to come here. And he's like, forget Canada. Here's the thing, man. If you're not a U.S. citizen, you have to have a vaccine to come here. Yes. It's, it's the, the same rule. same rules. It's the same rule, you hypocrite. You hippo. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's what you're going to cite? Canada? And, like, America's over here like, listen, I know we got all these guys that don't have vaccines, but the problem is they're citizens. Ugh. Canada's like, yeah, us too. Like, yeah, same them, problem. Don't let your guys come over here. They're too weird. Quit holding up this mirror to my face. Yes. They just said they don't want to listen to us, Canada. They obviously don't want to listen to you either. They don't listen to anyone. Obviously. It's not just Canada. They just listen to their health professionals. They figure it out. That's where they draw the line. Baseball catchers don't move the needle in Canada. It's like, man, it's like... Like, me and you are like, we go over to JT Real Muto's house, right? And we're like, hey, dog, can we just, like, I don't know, look at your, like, internet search history. Can we maybe, like, just, like, have a look at, like, your text message threads? Like, can we see what channel pops up on your TV when we turn it on? And he's like, no, I'm blaming Canada. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Look, I had a, I had an appointment to get a punch of karma cleanse before we went to Toronto. That should be fine. From the texter, it is a total of 10 guys from the Royals not going to Toronto. Well, whoever that is, beat me to it. Go ahead. Because I was just about to mention. Friend of the show, Johnny. He's on it. Johnny on the spot. Shout out, Johnny. Yeah, Kansas City Royals. Philadelphia Phillies until this next series where Kansas City goes to Toronto. The Phillies had five. And that's the most besides the Reds and the Twins, each with four. And everyone else who's been at Toronto has less than four. But the Kansas City Royals has ten, count them, ten players that can't go to Toronto. Ten out of 26. This is the most Missouri thing of all time. Ten out of 26 players on your team can't play for your team. And it's like every good player, too. On the Royals, Benintendi, Whit Merrifield, MJ Melendres, Hunter Dozier, Brad Keller, Brady Singer, Matthew Taylor. These are all their best players. That's all of their good players. If you're in Omaha right now, you cannot catch a flight to Toronto because Omaha is sending their entire minor league team to Toronto to fill in. That's going to be a big day 
the Omaha Storm Chasers or whatever they are now. When they debut an entire lineup <laughs> against team. the <laughs> now batting for the Kansas City Royals, an entire minor league roster. <laughs> and then, and it also comes. It's like a double standard, right? Because these are the same guys. The same guys are like, I would do anything to help this team win, except getting a safe and effective vaccine. Not gonna. Not going to do that. <laughs> hey, Fred. Yeah. There's two teams that didn't need to sit anybody. Oh, yeah. When they Houston went to Toronto. Houston and New York. The two best teams <laughs> in the American League somehow magically got their whole team together and got shots together so they could win baseball games together and go for glory together. That's a baseball team. And it just so happens the two best baseball teams in the American League who will often have to travel to Toronto magically all got the shot. Magically, they're the first and second best team in the American League. Huh. That's weird. From the live chat, I hope the minor leaguers who get up get a chance to play, and then they get more. They won't. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's, that's really sweet. That's adorable. Nope. Yeah. Minor leaguers will show up for two minutes. They'll mess up all the rotations. Yep. Then they'll go back down. That's what it is. Grab one. We'll wrap up the hour when we get back. A lot of good topics today. It's a heck of a day as far as the world of sports and sports-adjacent content. Let's talk a little bit of celebrity boxing, or I guess actual boxing if it's your only job. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Just got a text from friend of the show, Izzy Gonzalez. Has to reschedule, Van. Has oh, my reschedule. goodness. Everything okay? I got some stuff going on. She said she'll make it up to us. No. So we'll have a little Pac-12 talk, and we'll have a little NBA talk with her at a time to be named later. I can't quantify her knowledge of college basketball because I don't follow it close enough to know how smart she is. She knows it all. But she knows more about the NBA than any person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Combined. And I know NBA basketball players. She knows more. We are, what, like, what's today's date? 13th? Yes. So we're just a little over two weeks away from Le'Veon Bell fighting Adrian Peterson with boxing gloves. That's really (laughs) exciting. Speaking of exciting, you mentioned it being July 13th. Happy birthday to my sister, Sarah. Sarah? Sarah's birthday today. All right. Happy birthday to her. These cats are both super broke, right? These are the things that Dwayne Wade was talking about. You think it's going to be a weird transition for Adrian Peterson to have to fight an adult this time? Mm, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's going to be a tough transition. I don't want to beat up Adrian Peterson, but I'm glad Le'Veon Bell is going to. You think he is? Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, boxing is like a really mental sport. Do you know Adrian Peterson to make good decisions? Um, Le'Veon Bell? Do you know either of these guys to make <laughs> yes. really good decisions? I hope they got good corner people. 
And there was like a period where they were the, both the best running back, right? Like they both held that title for at least one season. Adrian Peterson he, had a shot of being the GOAT. It wasn't for health and legal problems. You know what's interesting about that, too, is because his off the field, what's he got, like 10 kids? As many as I want times 10. That, okay, so that would be one. You have one kid. Yes. <sighs> Le'Veon Bell said today, I'm officially announcing my retirement from the NFL, and I'm focused only on boxing. What? You're, you're 30, number one. You know what, Fred? I'll just go out and say it. I'm not going to throw in my hat to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers this year. You're not, you I'm, only, I'm only going to do radio. You decided not to go pro. I'm not going right to go pro. Now. Yeah. Even though no one wants me, no one offered me a contract, I don't have the skill set to do it. I'm going to make this announcement for everyone to hear. It was weird. I'm not going like, to play hey, in the NFL this year. I've really been thinking about going pro recently. And I was like, that doesn't, you can't just say that. At? At what? Le'Veon Bell spent two weeks in the gym, right, getting ready for this boxing thing. Because you know I only started training right. for, like, 5th of July. He's like, after the holiday. And Have you been around fight culture? Are you familiar with fight culture? Very much. So there's always the same thing. You see this in softball. You see this in men's league soccer. You see that in all these places. There is just like these cliche quips all the time. So when he's giving this interview to ESPN about how he's no longer going to be a football player and he's only going to be a boxer, he says, you know, you can't play boxing. And I immediately just cut out. I was like, this is just something you heard at the speed bag. Like you don't. This is not you. You don't believe this. You can't play boxing? Yep. No one plays boxing. <laughs> what does that mean? That means you don't. It's not a sport. It's a lifestyle. Ah. Uh, still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but that's because you're not nuts like these guys. Yes, you can play boxing. It's called slap fighting. <laughs> All right. That, that, took, boy. that took me five seconds. Okay. What's next? <laughs> of course you could play boxing you can put on comically large gloves and fight for charity that's play you, boxing you ever seen whole cans because if you've seen whole cans yeah. you know for a fact you can play boxing are you familiar with mike tyson's punch out yes you can play boxing he goes on to say this is not a one-off fight for him who's next okay Let's see how this one goes yeah Riley Cooper available? Who are you going to fight next? That's a good, that'd be a good match. Honestly, that would. Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's got the reach, obviously, and the, you know, the hatred that he was willing to vocalize at a concert. I mean, the real match, and I hope we're all working towards this, is Le'Veon Bell versus Antonio Brown. Like, why haven't they done this one yet? <laughs> you know, so he's going to fight Adrian Peterson, and they have this big press conference today. And... Le'Veon Bell is like there. He's doing the thing. He's talking to ESPN. And Adrian Peterson just zooms in. That's how little Adrian Peterson cares about this. And what if Adrian Peterson beats him up? You got beat up by a guy that doesn't even care. He didn't even show up to this what media scramble. I don't even know what words to use. 
Well, at least he doesn't play media. This, <laughs> I think he does. Also, Adrian Peterson is like my age. Like, like, don't start boxing now. I'm like, I'm, I'm past the opportunity to become a pro wrestler. You were past the opportunity to become a boxer. Fred, there's a, a certain level of athleticism. There's a giant gray area in between you and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, it's my two X two men on shirt. I know he's exactly gonna be that's... he's gonna be just fine. Le'Veon Bell's like, I'm Pittsburgh. I'm hard. You're not. You're not. You're foolish. Don't re- like go get one more contract. Go get one more. $7 million, whatever, whatever, and then have $7 million. Go be a boxer or something later. Go join the senior circuit when you're a senior. Take up golf. Live will pay you. And the older you get, the more dangerous it gets, obviously. Well, you, oh, please don't mess up my CTE. Yeah. How are they, they going to prove... That you have CTE when you went from a professional football player to a boxer. We got a guest in studio when we get back? Yeah, Pat Davis is just going to sit in with us if he's got time. Let's do that. Okay. Tuman on, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 starter days at the YMCA. Spend our evenings at the Hollow Spirit, and we enjoy New Mexico's vodka. Tell our vodka. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. D. Animal. I know Van and Pat are getting settled in. Welcome back to the program. Two men on 95.9 FM. Jerry, I don't know if you saw last night, but my boy Albert Pujols. Yeah. High fives Nelly behind home plate. Coolest thing you ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Albert comes around home plate. And uh, whatever, he hits a home run. And Albert's the man. Wherever he gets to home plate. Nelly's right there behind home plate. Uh-huh. Double high fivey boy. Like <laughs> sophomore high school me's loving it. Pat Javis joining us on the program. Pat, how are you? Mr. Fred from Colorado. I tell you what, big RMAC conference this week. We got a we're gonna learn how to make sure kids are happy, healthy, doing really well, and then on top of that, we're having our Hall of Fame ceremony tomorrow. So Look it's at gonna you, be a man yeah, representing all over the place. I tell you what, the the thing that to me with New Mexico athletics which is so unique like university level obviously but but everything that's involved with it is whenever it, there's an opportunity to showcase it outside of new mexico like new mexico shows up like new mexico does an excellent job so we're gonna have a really good little armat conference this weekend 100 percent. that's awesome congrats there we go pat welcome to the show what is going on in your world my friend city councilman pat davis we were uh we were over on uh on the kkob side solving homelessness with tj trout a few minutes Smart. ago and of course like oh. you know trying to figure that out i all this time, all we knew, we just had to ask DJ Trout, like, how to fix homelessness. Uh, mm-hmm. some, some pretty creative ideas. Uh, and uh, I think he offered somehow or another accidentally to uh, to book some planes to Hawaii for any folks that wanted to go take care of One-way uh, extra flights, housing. One-way right. Well, it, yeah. it could be two-way, but, you know. What are you do you do? have to be homeless, or can I go? Well, I think if you are willing to go to Hawaii and let someone who's homeless live in your house, that would be excellent. Sweet. I'm in. Yeah. done little uh, little joke but no i think there's a lot to be done there but we're gonna work on it uh but you know big stuff happening like you know look the city's coming back we were just saying like we were at the charlie crockett show at the l ray the other night it was packed to the gills uh you y'all we all hang out in knob hill a good bit we all see each other at geckos there now we were at matucci's the other night the old kelly's tons of people out and about looking for stuff to do and of course the united game was packed the other night in the rain 
where I get to see Van. So we got lots going on. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to see these these big cultural events in Albuquerque coming back. You know, we saw each other twice in one week at the yeah. United. You know, friends of the show, loyal listeners, if you don't know, Pat Davis is grade A, top shelf, representative <laughs> of Albuquerque. He's got, his, he's got his sleeves rolled up. He's got his boots on the ground. And he's out there being a great advocate for the people of Albuquerque. So thank you for everything you do for Albuquerque. Well, we're, it's it's a lot of fun. I get the, I have the best job in the city, right? I get invited to all the cool things. Uh, as long as we spend a, a couple of uh, four eight hours in the basement of City Hall once every two weeks to argue about stuff. So, well, can deal. you can you also be a little Jimmy Carter and build me a new stadium? Like, what's <laughs> well, up? let's uh, you know, it's I am mad at voters. Let me just tell you, uh, it was a hundred percent on the build the stadium because they will come. It will help us. Uh, project, uh, but I think there's some new movement about it. We've we've been having some conversations. Obviously, the city can't put money into it because voters. there are some options out there that are emerging. I think there's two good sites uh, that we've seen so far. Uh, plenty of others, I think, out there that are still on the table, but it's ultimately going to be up to the team. It's going to be a privately funded project, uh, but they're going to need a lot of help, a lot of community. So. Scenarios for the new ownership group of the potential stadium? Well, I think it depends. Like, the United doesn't necessarily have to own it. Like, Peter and his team don't have to own it. Someone could build it as an event center uh, and do a lease agreement with the United, for example. They could have some extra revenue streams, qualify that, figure those things out. Uh, But, you know, big-ticket things that you got to figure out, how do you get 15,000 people there? not everybody's going to take public transit, so if you've got a spot that for parking lots, how do you divide that up? Who gets to use the parking? Who gets the fees? Uh, all those things are really important, but it's got to be an iconic thing. This is New Mexico's first stadium in, what, now 30 years? Like, sure. And for a team that is ours that we love, it's got to be right. We can't half-ass it and, uh, and go through it. You know, everybody says we ought to use UNM, but that's not going to work. It's not a good stadium for that. Uh, but there maybe there's some options. Maybe there's a place we could well, bring the UNM soccer team back uh, as a tenant for a new stadium built for the USL team. Lots of cool options out there. You know, you're kind of mentioning because we we do a little bit of like a stadium corridor, don't we? We have like that kind of like part of the city, and it's down there by Stubbs Park and and UNM. In my and district, as, yeah, in your district. And as I'm looking down on a bird's eye view, I don't know if I necessarily see it. Like I don't know where it physically would be, but I would have to assume it would be in the mix for for where a new location would be. That has to be a go. That has to be a green light. I can't imagine you'd want to go way up Unzer or way out by Isleta. Like, those spots just don't make sense to me. It was that, that site, and we're talking about that site there at Avenida and the Interstate, right? Right by all the yeah. other stadiums where we go for United games anyway, where we go for Isotopes games. Uh, that was on our list way back when. Uh, your folks will remember when Ron, Ron bought the, brought the idea for the New Mexico Soul mm-hmm. was going to build a stadium. That was on the list. It was on the city's list if voters had given us money. Uh, UNM would have to be a partner there. But that's been my favorite. Councilor Benton and I split that area. Uh, as an extra incentive, we partnered with UNM this year. We created a tax district, meaning that uh, we can do developments there. So it's already been designed for like a big box store, like a Costco or a Walmart serving Valencia County in, in that south side of town. It's got a lot of traffic. A lot of us are there. That's my number one spot is to keep it with the other stadiums, make it a sports and event center. There really aren't neighborhoods to disrupt there, which is a bonus. Uh, but I, I would not be surprised to see the west side make a, a play. There, there are lots of private landowners on the west side uh, who are United fans and see an opportunity. Uh, I don't think Peter and them are going to be short of options. What's going on in the world of the paper? 
print and digital media. How's that going? It's going great. 50,000 daily email subscribers. If you're not oh, getting it, yeah. abq.news. Uh, it's time for us to pick up a sports column, so we got to pick that conversation up. Yeah, I forgot about that. Go. Yeah, let's yeah, get yeah, back yeah. on it. It's, uh, it's probably time for us to go to Hall of Spirits and have that conversation. Um, but it, it is good. You know, we, we saved the old alibi or what was the alibi went out of business. We bought the newspaper racks and, and brought the staff over to build a new paper during a pandemic. Uh, now it's full of stuff to do. It is the city's source for what's cool this week uh, coming back, including all the weird horoscopes and soon to be that of uh, uh, Misconnections, uh, which was everybody's favorite column, uh, yeah, from way back in the day. <laughs> uh, the, did you, did you the, catch all that, Fred? What I heard was, "Get ready, Albuquerque front page spread on the boys." Is that, yeah, is that what, what I heard? I, heard. What I, just, I saw that. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, yeah verbatim, then, right? Yeah. Week, <laughs> weekly pro wrestling recaps, but I got Ooh. it. I'll put it together for you. The, I was at the United game this past Saturday, Pat, um, and then bringing bringing the ball out to midfield there to start the game is uh, one Michelle Lujan Grisham. In heels, sure by the way. Yeah, and he, looking the part, black and yellow, black and yellow, yeah. black and yellow. And, um, hey, I'm going to say it right here. I was expecting like a 50-50 on it, crowd reaction. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, all right, like in my left hand, I was like, cheers. In my right hand, I was like, jeers. And I was like, it's going to be, ba-. I tell you what, cheer heavy for the governor out there at United. I thought, yeah. I thought the fan base was excited to see her and, and she kind of braved the elements and it was a part of the whole thing. What does it mean to, to the state to kind of have her invested in athletics here? It means an awful lot, number one. Of course, she's, to have her supporting New Mexico's team like the United, but it, it does mean a lot when they, they show up. I can tell you it's not the first game I've seen the governor at the, the first right. time we've seen her on the field. Uh, but I think what it's going to mean more importantly is that the legislature's been slow to support things like the stadium. They've been slow to support these big sports investments, these big tourism investments that bring tournaments to New Mexico where kids and families get to come here, spend our money instead of our kids having to go somewhere else. Uh, and so what I think it's going to mean is that in this next legislative session, when we have tons of money, tons of federal money, tons of oil and gas money, the governor's a champion on this, uh, on figuring out how to invest in some of these experiential pieces that, you know, I hope would include some state dollars for a stadium, even if city taxpayers were a little short-sighted. I agree. It's it's in the best interest of the state yeah. to have a nicer stadium, whether it's a single-use facility for a premier soccer league or if it's a multi-use stadium, which is more obviously more beneficial. And I don't care where you fall on party lines on this subject or where you fall on party lines of MLG. Hey, legalize marijuana, free education for adults. Everybody can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty See, universal, right? I mean, we could pay for a lot of this stadium with the marijuana sponsorship. We've got Boom. big companies and lots of money, so you know somebody's got to have the conversation. Pretty cool, though, by the way. Cool sports story out of the weed world, because that's my other day job. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the, the Fuego and Santa Fe are now sponsored by Best Days. It's the first cannabis uh, sponsorship, uh, corporate there sponsorship, of a professional sports team in the country. Um, is uh, hot off the presses. They uh, they launched that a couple of weeks ago, uh, but you know, moving into that world, uh, the United could be number two. What we ju- that we is just so appropriate it that it's yeah. the Fuego, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little bit of that. But imagine if the new United Stadium, wherever it ends up being, has a cannabis consumption lounge. Uh, what would that uh, VIP experience look like? Lit. It'd be lit. It'd be lit. Hey-o. I got you. There's a, there's one thing going on in the world right now, a politics in Albuquerque that I just cannot get behind at all. And I guess I missed the city council meeting where this thing was approved. 
But if you put two bronze statues of the Breaking Bad guys <laughs> downtown, instead of giving actual statues to two guys who matter, Van and I, huh. I think I'm going to lose it, Pat. I think I'm not going to be able to keep my top on here. I think they found a rich guy to pay for it, and so I think what they did was establish a process for you guys. So, oh, okay, a little. All right, so we need a, we need a sponsor. We need a donor. Is what we need. So, so forget park benches. It's brawn bust or get out. There, it's that. That's it. And uh, yeah, but you got to pick your park. Uh, you can now you can sponsor a park. You can put your names on it. You could get a little bench with your name on it. It would be a start. It's a placeholder. Start with a bench and with a statue. That's that's reasonable. Look, and there's a pro- there's a bronze shortage in this country right now, and Fred is six and a half feet tall, oh, so it might be an issue. Is Some, they might not want to fund it. Yeah, this would be hard to get past the city council. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Hey, what is uh, what is weed tax revenue up to? Uh, about thirty eight million dollars. Shut Wowza. up! Wowza! Yeah. Shut up! So I I don't know how much is bronze a foot. <laughs> not 38 million <laughs> we'll get a platinum statue with all that weed money hey go. with all that weed money you better do do bronze and ounces and you'll figure out the math real quick nice that's yeah. so much smarter <laughs> this is See, why you're in charge well i, I mean they don't have a statue yet but uh wh- where's that money going pat i know you're over there telling tj though but how's it helping new mexico uh, $38 million. Most of it goes to the state. About a third of it goes back to local cities. So the city of Albuquerque is expected to get about $10 million at the end of Shut the year up. from all of that. We're having a conversation about where you put it. Uh, when we're putting it back into services like community safety, the folks that go out instead of the cops to help people in the community. So every time you smoke up, you're helping to pay for a housing voucher. You're helping to pay for a social worker in the city of Albuquerque. But the state legislature is going to have all that money, um, and they haven't decided what to do with it yet. So uh, some of it is going to go back to police officers, and it subsidizes police training, especially for small agencies. That's already been decided. Some of it is social equity. New Mexico is the only state in the country where we use taxpayer dollars to give uh, venture startup capital to new cannabis companies. The state of New Mexico is owning cannabis companies uh, as a way to help them get started. So, But lots of it is a, is a free-for-all. So go put in your request for your statue, your stadium, your whatever <laughs> you want. Uh, ask your uh, your state senator and your state rep. Northern New Mexico University, you see this van? They have a whole, like, degree in it. Mm-hmm. Like, how like how to weed. So like, does we're, CNM. We're living in the future, man. Like, this <laughs> is too much for me. Pat Davis, thank you for giving us 10 minutes. You're the absolute best, brother. Good to run into you guys. Good to see you. Appreciate you, Pat. Whenever we get back, 45 more minutes of this program, and we'll figure them out, I promise. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Well, at this pace, man... I don't know if I want to put up a statue of Brian Urlacher. Why now? <laughs> so Brian Urlacher went on a podcast called, I'm not making this up, Bussin' with the Boys. Bussin'? Bussin'. That, is that like a hip-hop for busting? Like what bussin'? is busting? Bussin' rhymes? I believe that is what it is. Okay. Interesting. Bussin' with the boys. They misspelled boys. Yeah, B-O-I-S. Everyone it's B-O-I-S. That. Everyone knows that. Don't be stupid. Don't be Yeah, that's yeah. stupid. Stop trying to make B-O-I-S a thing. It's never it's not a thing. a thing. We're trying to make fetch happen. I don't know who hosts Bussin' with the boys. Well, let's find out. <laughs> Brian Urlacher says... I'm going to get you this quote, all right? Okay. I'm going to get you the exact quote. 
Quote, Brian, or now hold on. Brian Urquhart claims some former players are claiming to have CTE, quote, just to be in the freaking lawsuit. It's not freaking, okay? It's Barstool, and it's Will Compton and Taylor Lewin. All right, so. Now I have to Google these people. Yeah, I don't know who okay. Billy Compton is. Played a little minor league ball in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, whatever. So, there's a couple things here we have to be real transparent on. Number one, there is no lawsuit. Just to be insanely cut and dry about this whole thing, there is not currently a lawsuit. No one is suing the league. There was a class action that was settled a bunch of years ago. And if you were a former player, like during that time of that class action, you're eligible for benefits. You can't just be a new guy feigning the most serious pandemic that has ever happened to NFL players. Because there's not a lawsuit, Van. There's not a lawsuit, and the one was settled, and it greatly affected the outcomes of players with head injuries. It was an overwhelming success for retired players. There is also not currently a way to prove or disprove in living individuals if they have CTE. Correct. They have to analyze your brain after your death. You don't know that you have CTE. You can know that you have concussions. You cannot know that you have CTE. Erlocker claims that if he has CTE, the compensation that he deserves, he only wants it to go to his estate after his death in an analysis of his brain which confirms CTE. People who say oh. stuff like this make me think it's way more likely that they do have CTE. Yeah. I'll, it has I'll, a lot. I'll take oh, things people with CTE say for 400 Alex. The payout structure with this thing, Jerry, because I know you're not up on your CTE payouts from class action lawsuits. I'm still waiting for my payout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. You get paid out based upon like your range of like cognitive problems. Mm -hmm. So if right. you have a lot of problems, you get paid more. If you don't, you get paid less. So if you're trying to get rich off this class action lawsuit, you got to really feign it. Yeah, you just got to sit around and hit yourself in the head with a hammer and make things way worse for yourself so you get paid out more later. Oh, my gosh. All of everything he said is stupid. It's so stupid. What's the Billy Madison quote from the, the principal? Uh, if you think peeing your pants is cool, I'm, I'm Miles Davis. No, that was actually Billy Madison. Okay. Something along, I'm paraphrasing, something along the lines of, Everything you've said is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, and we are all dumber because of hearing it. <laughs> I will contribute that to Brian Erlacher's quote. It was so misinformed, and it was so, uh, what do you call it, um, confidently incorrect. It was just every bit of his quote is so confidently incorrect. He's very passionate about being wrong. Wasn't he also like kind of critical of Jim McMahon for a bunch of years? Not sure about that. Okay. I think that's an understanding that I had. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. 
Brian Urlacher is kind of claiming a weird crown as like the king of the worst takes. Like he's, his takes are ice cold, all of them. And yes. I don't know if he's trying to show his face more because he got some sweet plugs from Hair Jordan. That's a really good point. But don't, because your face, which looks good, doesn't match the things you're saying because they're dumb, like your old face. He was so jealous of John Cena's new hair that he just had to do it. John Cena's hair is so good. It is not, but it's not as bad as Erlacher's. John Cena's hair is so good that in Peacemaker, they made him wear this terrible helmet the whole time, and it super worked. It's hard for me not to see John Cena in like a red a red hat that's like bent too far. Yeah. That's how I see him and I can't unchange it. Second place, shaved head. Third place, helmet. <laughs> Honorable mention, like quaffed hair. It doesn't work. His arms are so big, Jerry, he wears headbands as armbands. Okay. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That voice that Jerry just used, that's jealousy. Mm. I know what that is. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Hear me out, Van. Hey, if you're an Brian player, Urlacher yeah. is like the best linebacker for a franchise that is known for having amazing linebackers. Correct. And they completely distance themselves from him because he keeps saying crazy stuff all the time. Super crazy stuff. Do you want to hear a really sane statement? I'm going to give you a sane statement. If you played in the NFL, you have CTE, less maybe kickers and punters. That's it. Everyone's qualified. Just about everybody. Everyone. One way or another. My favorite NFL player of all time, Pat McAfee, he's a punter. He probably has CTE. You ever see him on TV? You ever see him pro wrestle? Dude's nuts. He's probably got CTE from drinking like me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You didn't even get it the cool way. <laughs> I didn't even make million dollars off of my CTE. You got it the my uncle way. <laughs> uncle barbecue way. Still, even with all this crazy talk, Brian Erlacher is still a better statue than Walter White. Yeah. But you have to put a talk bubble on it that says, get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> get off my lawn, you young whippersnappers. Grand Torino 2, starring Brian Erlacher. <laughs> And in the role of Robin, Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> Do you remember all that? He was like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. He's a hero. Like, what? You're an idiot. You're so dumb. You just need, like, you need to be leveled at some point, you know? You have to have, like, and I don't know what this leveling agent is that I'm talking about. But you have to have something come into your life and be like, listen, Linda, look at You don't see it correctly. Like, you don't get it. I need to remove all these yes people from your existence. And I need you to understand that it's different than what you think. And there's no one in his life doing that. We are absolutely verbose. It is our job. To talk into these microphones right. for 15 hours a week. But still, like, 
I definitely me to some extent, and for sure you have mm-hmm. this little filter somewhere in this area around the right. cheekbones that filters what's going from your brain to your mouth. So we don't say something completely insane or asinine or uh, racist adjacent or bigotist adjacent or just completely insensitive to a lot of people. We don't do that. Brian Erlacher's had a microphone in front of his face since he was since he graduated college, and he still doesn't have the capability to say, like, hold on. First off, none of what I said is true. Second off, everything I said is insensitive to people who actually have this condition. And number three, uh, I probably should have like just Googled it once, maybe like a three-second Google search. I don't know how much CTE it takes for you to gatekeep head trauma, mm-hmm. but that is what Brian Urlacher is doing. He's gatekeeping head trauma. That's what, literally what he's doing. What? 30 minutes of this program left before we get back. When did the United kickoff? Uh, in one minute. All right, in-game, in-broadcast score updates as they come. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Been a good one today. Action packed, baby. Had a lot of heat in the beginning. Yeah, I came up, I'm in Colorado. I'm in Colorado Springs right now for this conference. And then, uh... So I drove up this morning, right? No big deal. Mm-hmm. Had to stop in. Uh, are you familiar with Pueblo, Colorado? Have you heard of this place? Uh, very familiar with Pueblo. This it's the probably the BH of the Southwest. It's the worst one, right? Yeah. I this is the new El Paso. Nothing against the lovely people of Pueblo. Not that I saw. Your town looks like a film set from an apocalyptic movie. It was crazy. It's bad. We went to three establishments, and all three were like, we don't let people use the restroom. We are like, this is a gas station. Like, too many people died last month. Like, like no. Like, what? It's they, not great. It, oh, my gosh. I tried to use my credit card. Like, hey, when I travel, I use, the, I use one specific credit card. I know if it gets stolen or lost or hacked or whatever, it's easy, whatever. Thank you, Capital One. So... I go to use my card to get gas, which, by the way, like if you complain about gas prices in New Mexico, don't go to Colorado. You won't like that. Mm-hmm. So I go to get gas, and it's like, enter a PIN number for your credit card. And I'm like, squeeze me? Mm. Baking powder? Hmm. This has to be a scam. Number one, my credit card doesn't have a PIN number. It's a credit card. What are you talking about? And number two, no, I'm not going to go see the clerk. This is Pueblo. I'll move, I'll mosey my way on to the next town. This was not for me. I feel like Pueblo is like the undrafted free agent because no one wants to move there. No one wants to go there. No one wants any part of it whatsoever. They're like, well, I mean, it's it's in Colorado. It can't be that bad. We'll give them a shot. Nope. Pueblo think, the hell out of it. I think if I currently had a friend... Who was like, hey Fred, I'm like, I'm like strongly considering like relocating to Pueblo and doing some stuff in my life. I think you would catch heat from me. How much are they paying you? Yeah. Are we talking MBA money? Are you a free agent this summer for the MBA? Because that's how much it would take for me to that, live in Pueblo. That's like one of those relative things too, right? Where where it's like you could in Colorado, like gas is still five dollars a gallon, 
Milk is still $3.50 a gallon. Like these things don't change across the state. Why would you pick Pueblo? There's a lot of beautiful state. Pagosa Springs is right there. Just go over there. There's, you can do it way better than Pueblo. Maybe for legal reasons, you have to be there. Like you committed a string of felonies, and they're like, okay. you can only live in Pueblo now. Yeah, the only city that accepts people with as many felons as you. Yes, yeah. You Look, you're an eight-time felon. The only place you can live is Pueblo. Then It's the, Pueblo the mayor, or the electric chair. The mayor does that broad-sweeping arm thing, and he's like, these are your people. <laughs> then you know where you're at. You're in Pueblo. Or like witness protection. Probably wit- witness protection keeps that city alive, right? I wouldn't know. Because no criminal in their right mind is going to go looking for people in Pueblo because of the fact that they have to go to Pueblo. I'm on the Frontenac, right? Like going along the highway, uh, the frontage road. I'm on the frontage road, like going along the highway, like looking for like gas stations. Nope. Mm-mm. No, we're Pueblo. Mm-mm. There's not Holy even a Pueblo there. Don't mess with Pueblo. It wasn't great. Only sadness. As, as negatively as I feel about Puebloans, that's how Baker Mayfield does not feel about Cleveland fans. Quote, the fans in Cleveland are what makes that town great. It's a special sports town. They care about their Browns, tradition rich, and generations of families that have been Browns fans for life. That's what made it so special. I wore my heart on my sleeve. Well, this is saying the right thing on the way out. Yeah. I mean, he literally wore his heart on his sleeve. He literally played as absolutely as hard as he could. He brought a playoff win to Cleveland against their rival Steelers. Right. He he accomplished what no quarterback has done for 30 years in that city, and they ran him off because he this wasn't is... good enough. And now I... you get a pervert. This is you deserve this, Cleveland. I think this is the Cleveland screw job. You're just a giant Pueblo. We broke down the Montreal screw job on the show a couple yes. weeks ago. Talking about how the time Brett the Hitman Hart lost his WWF championship in Montreal. By the way, Brett the Hitman Hart's Canadian to Shawn Michaels. That this is the Cleveland screw job. Cleveland did Baker Mayfield so freaking dirty. And the way they sent him out unceremoniously. By design and deceit and, and weird efforts. This is, I think, as gross of a way that I've seen a professional athlete treated maybe ever. Take that, Jamarcus Russell. Baker Mayfield took a $3.5 million pay cut to leave Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And there's no long term Which, now that I think about yet. it, $3.5 million would need to be my annual salary to move to Pueblo. Yes. Yeah. That's the amount of money I would need to deal with Pueblo. I would settle for two, but I would start at three and a half million. <laughs> so Baker leaves. He doesn't have a long-term extension in place. There's no sort of security in the future. But because Cleveland is Cleveland, he had to go. And on his way out, he's like, but the fans. And I get that. I do get it. Like, you got to do the full ad thing in the newspaper. Like, you have to go kind of through all those hoops. But I think the fans don't hate Baker. I think the fans are pro-Baker. Like, I'm not hearing Cleveland fan saying that dude was a jerk. And if you want that resume of jerk, like, hey, you know, obviously when he's at Oklahoma and playing in the flag and 
and running out and all the fighting with Colin Cowherd before he's drafted and then being the number one draft pick and Heisman. You can create a really good villainous origin story here. Baker gets a complete reprieve because he was adopted by like the ugly stepmother, which was the Cleveland Browns. For sure. Exactly that. And now look, Baker Mayfield, who had the misfortune of getting drafted by Cleveland, and Sam Darnold, who had the misfortune of being drafted by the New York Jets, are both in Carolina now. And I don't think it's because of their talent or ability. It's because of the franchise they got drafted to and just ruined them. And I think Cleveland fan, all the hype around the Browns, and look, I'm Browns apologist A number one. I think they have a very talented roster, and I pick them to do better every single year of Baker's tenure. But I think Cleveland had unrealistic expectations for the number one overall pick. There's probably four or five, seven at the most, game-changing, franchise-altering quarterbacks in the NFL, and Baker isn't one of them. But he is above average. He is a good football player. And you Carolina, don't know what you got until it's go- until it's gone. Carolina has put together a little bit of a cast-off crew down there, a little bit of Misfit Toys. When we get back, today's I-9 Varsity of Misfit Toys. Nice. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. Good program today. Big thank you to Pat Davis who stopped by the studio. Bunch of updates on stadiums. Did you learn anything during that sit-down, man? With Pat Davis? Yeah. I learn something every time I talk to Pat Davis. That's smart. And what I learn is how dumb and insufficient I am in this world (laughs) because I have to talk to Pat Davis. Pat Davis gets it. Yes. Today's I-9 varsity is a goodie. League office, 280 and I-9sports.com, 505-312-4999. Reach out to I-9 sports, summer sports. And it works with summer schedules. They do everything on like one day, Van. So it's if you're going to play on Saturdays, you're also going to practice Saturday mornings. It's all one shot. You don't have to run around town all week. Sure. Today's I-9 varsity is the I-9 varsity of misfit toys. Okay, mm. Van? Okay. So this is cast-offs. This is same-face, new-place kind of thing, okay? Okay, well, I went a different route, but I like your angle. All right, I will lead then. Okay. I think I want to start with the NBA, right? Okay. Because to me, there's a lot of guys who just didn't fit systems, and then they ended up somewhere else and were the hotness. I'm talking about, like, James Harden, right? Sure. So Harden was with the Thunder, and then they were like, oh, this dude wants, like, all-star money, but he doesn't necessarily have, like, all-stars yet. And then, boom, as soon as he was gone to Houston, he's he's the thing. He's the only thing. So give me a guy like James Harden, obviously MVP, blah, 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 all those things involved. He's the guy who really thrived being picked up somewhere else. Harden took a, a face turn recently, right? Yeah. By being the only guy to not take more money. Mm-hmm. He went the Tom Brady route and took less money to build a better team. I'm happy That's for the good. dude. Second best beard in sports history. 
and then now he does this, good for him. First on my I-9 varsity of misfit toys, mm-hmm. uh, I forget the name, but oh, that, okay. that bigotous Teletubby, do you remember that Teletubby that was a bigot that used to say the F word? The purple the, one? The derogatory F word was for homosexuality. Pur- was that the purple or was that the, uh, the red one? I can't remember if it's purple or red. I Go fish. I have no idea. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me check. I, I'm sure I can You're find. You're looking it really up quick. purple Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's what? the red the red Teletubby, whichever one that was, was a bigot. So when did it get traded? Traded. Oh, he just didn't fit. Okay, I. Get it's it. a toy. It's a misfit. The I, the bigotest Teletubby is first on my I nine varsity of misfit toys. What missed me with the Teletubbies was I think I was just too old. Because I don't even know when it was on the air. Okay. Like I, I would, I know that it existed, but I couldn't. Like I, I don't even know what the intro song to that would sound like. I've never, in my life, heard that. I had nieces and nephews that were Teletubby age, and one of them brought that doll home one day, mm. and I was like, "Hey, hey, hold, hold, hold on, squeeze that doll's belly again." And, and, then, it, and then it said the f word. Oh, and I was like, oh, oh was, my God. The toy really did. How did they do this? Yeah, no, it like wasn't that. It wasn't a joke. It really happened in real life. <laughs> yes. Jerry, and do you have an I-9 Varsity? I do. Uh, the Family Guys, Stewie's Time Machine. Because that kid's got no business with that kind of power. That's I don't a, know. I'm just kind of reaching here. Yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of really Family Guy either. <laughs> Matthew Stafford from the Lions to the Rams. Okay was not the fit in Detroit, and they just kept trying. They put 13 hard years into it, and they knew that they'd be better off without each other. Mm-hmm. And don't you know that the, that the Lions weren't? It was just Matthew Stafford. So Matthew Stafford, surrounded with actual talent, is my number two on the I-9 varsity of misfit toys. They turned Matt Stafford into Tom Brady real fast mm-hmm. with a supporting cast. Next on my I-9 varsity of misfit toys... Not missed fit toys, mm-hmm. but misfit toys is Chucky. That dude is the epitome of a misfit. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like he's a well, toy he's and he kills people. That... I don't think there could be any more of a misfit than that. You said he, uh, he should not kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toys <laughs> shouldn't be able to murder Okay, pretty good. But then the lawn darts and uh, the big wheels, you know, that would kill people. That's collateral damage. <laughs> That's, uh, they didn't, like, okay. actively Th- hunt for, and murder people. Thanks for people. that clarification. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, now yeah. I understand. Yeah. Jerry, what do you got? I'm Gaston. We're talking uh, the uh, the Beauty and the Beast. Sure. And uh, Gaston was framed. <laughs> Just kind of a misfit. Okay. He was framed, though. You know, I mean, here's here's a guy. He was probably oh. his high school uh, uh, sports star. He, yeah, was, sure. he was probably the quarterback. He, he just wants to care for his village. He just wants to provide for the one love of his life. And she just turns up her nose at him because he's just a provincial kind of guy. Okay, I so, get okay. it. Okay. He's just a passionate dude. Yeah. That wanted to get his hands on the hot chick who reads too much. <laughs> Can you tell my daughter loves Disney? I'm just... Same. Yeah. 
Not going to make my list is that one. Okay. Um, Jerome Bettis was pretty good with the with the Rams. He's super good with the, the the Steelers. Give me Jerome Bettis. Okay. All right. Not the one. No one didn't hit. That's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> really, he was he was good before. That's fine. Nothing. That's nothing wrong with that. You like Marshawn Lynch. Next okay. on my I nine varsity of misfit toys. Uh huh. I'm going with Babyface from Toy Story. Okay. That's the little doll head with the mechanical spider legs. Oh, the erector set yeah. legs. Yeah. Yeah, erector set legs. That dude's a misfit. It's more of a Frankenstein, I would say. Yeah. But had a heart of gold. Did okay. <laughs> Just that's what you say every time it's a Frankenstein situation. <laughs> Frankenstein was super sweet. He had the best intentions. Marsh Marshall Falk wasn't anything in Indianapolis with the Colts. Was then traded to the St. Louis Rams and created the greatest show on turf and became a Super Bowl champion. Take that, cast off. Okay. He was pretty good before, though. I don't no. know if he was a misfit the way you're reading this. I mean, he fit into St. Louis pretty good. What's up? Got me a Super Bowl as a fan. That's the thing. Got another one, Jared Dog? I do. How about a Breaking Bad statue? What are you That's come on now. That's a bad fit wherever you go. Well, and, like and because they, uh, well, on one hand, you know, they were misfits that were trying to do the right thing and just kept making bad decisions and going down the bad road. A more literal is where they're trying to fit it. That yeah. statue by yeah, putting it in the convention yeah. center. Yeah, it's, it's not a good yeah. fit there. You're right. So it is a misfit. All right, I'm back in on that's Jerry's okay. best answer. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Next on my I well, I guess finally on my I nine varsity of misfit toys, I'm going with a Glenn Danzig doll. Because uh Glenn Danzig was the lead singer of the band The Misfits. Oh. And a doll is a toy. You could call it an action figure, maybe. But Glenn Danzig is my last answer for the I-9 varsity of misfit toys. I just don't feel like that's very The good. band is The Misfits, Fred. <laughs> I don't know the name of the village in Beauty and the Beast either, okay? I mean, there's just things... That you shouldn't know. I, I, I think it was just the village. That no, that's not. It's it's some. It'll end up being something super weird and Scandinavian. Give me <laughs> Kevin Johnson. <clears throat> he was garbage in Cleveland. He went to Phoenix, and now he's for some reason the mayor of Sacramento. Dude's a legend. And he's got a, a really good soul food restaurant in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's figuring it out. Yeah, we saw he, him there. Yeah, kicked it. We ate at his restaurant. Yeah. I gave him I gave him some nucks in Los Angeles. I think Robert gave him a Black King sweater. How do <laughs> Let's go back to Beauty and the Beast real quick. Yeah. Yeah. How do these people in these tiny little village not know there's a monster feet away from their village in a giant in a castle? castle? The number who, one answer Who's kidnapping people? There's not like 
One Jehovah's Witness in the village never <laughs> went to the castle. There was a spell cast over them all. they had sentient lamps. No, it was the the spell that was cast over them. Oh, all. they would actually. Notice. If you go to the to the live action movie, it explains it a little bit. Oh, Creepy. Okay. We would never do that. Also, the number one answer was Lou Brock. Van, any final words? Too much for the time allotted, my friend. But anything we didn't cover, make sure you check out tomorrow morning on the opening drive with Jeff JJ and A Marie. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke. Jerry, you did real good. Thanks.